again, pod people. Matt here. Don't panic. We haven't messed up this recording. But, well, yes, we did. We forgot to record the very start of this. All you need to know, though, is that we're playing a science fiction RPG based in the NEC, and that I've got a character whose main skills are hacking and kissing. Pip, however, has a speciality of grappling hooks and robots... And a lacrosse stick. Nice. We don't robo What we do not have, though, is a dice. Who feels like they could be our 20-sided dice for the evening? There's one man puts his hands up immediately. <laughs> More dice than man. Can you please come up to the stage and sit down next to that microphone over there? You have made a terrible mistake, sir. Round of applause for our dice. Joining us now in the lonely chair... It's fine. Yeah. Uh, what is your name there? Um, John. You need to talk into oh, the yeah, microphone, no, John. Yeah, I don't normally do that. Hello. There we go, John. Great. <laughs> hey, John. Uh, John, you're a 20-sided dice. When I say dice, you're going to give us a random number from 1 to 20. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right, let's go. You are in a Nando's. The year is 2020. A plate of forgettable holographic chicken sits in front of you. Uh, outside the... Uh, uh, where are we? The UK Games Expo is taking place. Um, uh, you have to get in there for reasons that will become clear. What do you do? Nice. See, you, you made yours on rails. I'm going to do a proper, like, branching narrative. I did give you a lot of time. Yeah. Uh, can I try and kiss my way into the NEC? Uh, well, you're not ne- outside the NEC. Oh. So, you're in Nando's. I'm going to... Uh, can I just... Uh, I'm going to walk. Yeah, okay. You leave <laughs> Nando's. Uh, can, I, can I kiss my way out of Nando's? <laughs> Uh, you haven't paid, but that's okay, because this is cyberpunk. That's going on your list of crimes. Okay. Right. Uh, you are underneath a neon Nando sign. A blimp uh, floats overhead with an advert for Nando's on it. Um, there's a lake, and you're now outside the Birmingham NEC. There's a guard. Um, you overhear... Uh, yes. No, the, the, the board game... The UK Games Expo hasn't been the same since cyborg celebrity Will Wheaton bought the expo with the profits from Tabletop, changing some of the world's favorite games people play into Ticket to Wheaton. <laughs> Settlers of Wheaton. And everyone's favorite, <laughs> Puerto Wheaton. <laughs> However, there's a guard here. Oh, is it a robot guard? Uh, he's uh, 20 feet away. What do you do? I... <laughs> Gentlemen there suggesting you kiss your way in. I think I'm going to see if Pip has any ideas first. Otherwise, I've got an idea up my sleeve. <laughs> so, can I use my lacrosse stick to catch the blimp, which will then take us into the air and deposit us on top of okay. the NEC? That's a skill check. Can we get a number? 15. That is a pass. That's pretty good. Yes. <laughs> nice roll, Pip. Uh, you hook the blimp, flinging it on... It, where, what happened? You're on the NEC, yeah. Uh, you can see literally tens of thousands of board gamers plugged into their digi board games. Can uh, I try and kiss my way in? I didn't get on the Can we blimp? get a number? One. Uh, uh, That's good, isn't it? Uh, Elizabeth Mirashades, you turn around... What's your name? Billy Internet. <laughs> Elizabeth Mirashades, you turn around. Billy Internet is furtively kissing his own shoe. Yeah, this has happened before. 
uh, you can, uh, from here, you can see all the board gamers and a jack to, to hack into the expo. Oh, right. <laughs> what do you do? You, can you... I kiss the jack? <laughs> can we get a number? 18. 18. You furtively kiss your way into cyberspace. You can see a variety of uh, cyber uh, uh, snakes here. Um, but you defeat them because you're Billy Internet. There's one file uh, in the mainframe. What do you do? <laughs> Can I kiss it? <laughs> Can we get a number? Eleven? Uh... Yeah, uh, sorry, I need to consult what if my Pip chart. Assists? Can I get a bonus? <laughs> yeah. Oh, with the assist from Pip, yeah, that's a pass. Okay. <laughs> the file is the 61st Shut Up and Sit Down podcast. Oh, my. Uh, you, you're listening now to the 61st Shut Up and Sit Down podcast. <laughs> Thank you very much. A round of applause for our dice, everybody. <laughs> Thanks so much for your time, John. Uh, we'll let you know. If anyone needs a dice, uh, I'm sure you can talk to John after the can show. Can we get the next candidate? Uh, <laughs> no, that, no, no, no one, no one, no. no. Let's talk about board games, it, ladies and gentlemen. All right, let's talk about Secrets. My secret is that Secrets is really good. Um, you can play this at the Asmodee booth. This is the new collaboration from Eric Lang and Bruno Fiduti, uh, who made Delor HMS Dolores, mm. I think it's called. Uh, this game is ace. This is a sort of fusion of uh, Masquerade and The Resistance, I want to say. Yes. Oh, with the, the, the excited whisper went over the crowd. Um, and it's very good. We I did hear somebody go, <gasps> <laughs> like they'd just been walked through the doors of Charlie's Chocolate Factory. Yes, we were down on an Eric Lang game yesterday, but hey, you know what? The fella has redeemed himself with this. So what you have, because uh, Pip didn't play this, so Pip, you can be our... Uh, sort of test balloon for whether this sounds fun. Um, this is a game for like four to nine people. Um, everybody gets one of the world's thickest plastic discs. Um, seriously, if you thought the chips in Splendor were something, these things will make you... Uh, you'll pick them up and go, ooh, this is thick plastic. They're like, they're like hive thickness. I've seen the... Seen yeah, the they're, no, they're the same material as the hive um, uh, things. That's totally correct. What are you doing, Matthew? I'm trying to work out what the thickness is. For the people at home, Matthew like, is... Uh, it's almost like digestive biscuit. Thickness. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what an what a international reference that was. It's ginger nut. Oh, yeah. America, yeah, the, everyone ginger has ginger nuts. Okay, so um, you shuffle these discs, and this is a, a Cold War game. Some of you are the CIA, secretly. Uh, some of you are KGB. Some of you are hippies. Now, one of you. Yeah, one of you is a hippie. Uh, it can be two if you're playing a big table. <gasps> I know. I'm going to burp. Don't nope. do that. We're on a stage. Oh, I'm sorry. This is so much harder than it looks. <laughs> so, secrets, basically, yeah. So, it's, you've got these hidden identity discs. Everyone looks at them at the start of the game, so you know who you are. Initially. Initially. But then there are elements that they can get shifted around. They can get moved around. Um, so, the, the central um, game of it is that uh, there's a deck of people, like diplomats, spies. You see, uh, there's, there's eight different people. Evan has a reference card. Yeah, we uh, probably should have got a photo that was more closely focusing on the game. I don't see why game. you wouldn't need a, that giant photo of me. Well, it's a giant photograph of you looking coquettish on our, our bed, my bed. <laughs> <laughs> we're not even sharing a room. This is one of the first times we've been to a convention and we're not sharing a room. Like, me and Quinn literally do share bedrooms all the time in these things. Because Paul needs his sleep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, it's not I, even a joke, it's just true. Uh, so, uh, yes, you then, uh, you take turns, a player draws two people off of this deck. Um, so you might have, like, a scientist who's really great and plus five points, or um, a detective who's, like, minus one points but lets you look at someone else. Um, the point, the, what you're trying to do at the end of the game, and the game ends when someone has five people in front of them, um, is for your team to have the most points. So if I am KGB, I want to give characters to people around the table who I think are KGB. Um, but the central mechanic in the game is of these two characters that I draw, like someone who's worth a lot of points and someone who's not much, worth much, one of those you secretly put on the bottom of the deck, the other you slide face down to a player around the table. Mm. You can tell them what it is or not, and then they just decide whether to accept it or not. If they do accept it, flip it face up, you got it, you got those points. If you reject it, then it, the person who gave it to you puts it in front of themselves. So it's a lot of, uh, oh, I'm on your team, Matthew, because when the game starts, you look at the disc of the person on your right or sometimes your left and right. So you have some information um, and then it's, Matthew, give me, give me the card, give me the scientist. I'm, I'm on your team. And then he slides it over And then Quinn's is lying to you. Yeah, yeah. Quinn's yeah. basically yeah. lies. I'm on your team, yeah, give, me, give me the really good card. Okay, have a good card. Ah, I'm KGB. <laughs> uh, but what is completely delicious about this is it's got that thing of like, like Cold War movies or Jean Le Carre movies and books whereby you, it goes through phases of like, oh, I have no idea who anyone is. Whose side is anyone on? And then, okay, now I know. And then by the end of the movie, it's the, wait, what's going on? Yeah, we hit a point about halfway through where we were like, oh, I don't know how all this is actually panning out. Because we solved it. Everyone... We worked out, everyone knew who everyone was. The KGB were all just working together. The CIA working all together. The hippie was just sitting there Oh, going. to clarify, uh, the hippie wins alone if they have the least points. Because yes. It's not clear. <laughs> so if you think you might be a hippie, you want to try and get two scientists, because uh, as, as with all real nuclear scientists, if you have one, fantastic. If you have two, I believe the theming is, to be fair to the game, if you have one nuclear scientist, that's really great, but if you know too much about the nuclear scientists, then everyone in front of you is killed. Yeah. Um, so lots of really neat stuff, and then lots of the card effects are swapping tokens, and the key thing is, um, like Masquerade, uh, once the game begins, you can never actually look at what you are. Yeah. So then you get great stuff to do with um, if, like, some of the character roles let you, everyone has to close their eyes and you swap tokens. So then you have teams going, Matthew, listen, if we're on the same team, <laughs> yeah. you should definitely do this. Of course, we might not be on the same team anymore, but in case we are. <laughs> we had a lovely point where basically uh, myself and another CIA guy, one of us, by Quinns have been switched out for a hippie, but we didn't know which one. So we're basically, we kind of had to like almost do like quantum negotiations where we both have to be like, look, we both have to pretend that we are CIA, <laughs> even though one of us isn't. Uh, so we continued working together for a while, even though we knew we weren't on the same team, <laughs> just because it made sense. And the other thing I really love, something we weren't sure about at first, is because you've got all these cards in front of everyone, you can actually pretty much, there are some secret things, we won't go into the details, like some tiny additions, but you can see what the scores are. So you can be like, as soon as you know what the teams are, you're like, okay, well, at the moment we're winning, or at the moment they're winning, which kind of seems bad at first, but then you realize it's brilliant because when you're swapping roles, sometimes it's not, not as simple, like in Mask Row, where you're like, oh, I'm gonna swap you two, that's gonna mess everyone up. Sometimes it's like recruitment, it's just like, well, you know. Our, our team's losing. Our team's losing, like, this guy, this CIA guy has no points. Let's swap him with that KGB <laughs> agent who's doing really well. Yeah, it's a touch of, um, we're on the same team, but if any of us does badly, we're just going to do everything to get you off the team. Yeah, like, you just swap him out. You're like, oh, this is, who's this guy? He's got your job now, you work for the KGB. <laughs> There was a, a yeah, we're, we should move on, but the, uh, there was a wonderful moment where just, that kind of summed up the game for us, where um, a girl we were playing with didn't 
quite have her optimum move. She, was, uh, she didn't have a good move in front of her. So she just went for the chaotic move and swapped two discs and everyone, all six of us went, Aah! because we all then had to recalculate everything we knew. Of like, but now I just want to be a hippie and not play because I think I'm gonna lose. And it is wonderful if you think you might be a hippie, it's like, should I just trash everything I have and hope I'm a hippie? Which like thematically is like, I might care about peace. <laughs> Maybe it's, I should stop researching nukes. No, it was, it was, it was surprisingly raucous and, and different. Uh, that is available to, um, uh, to demo at the Asmodee booth. So that was uh, secrets and definitely well worth a Google and an investigation. Moving on. Something we played this afternoon. Is that the best photo? We have to. Let's move on to the next one. It's a little Listen, more colorful. this is what happens when people sleeve cards. This is a photo of Not Alone, which I reviewed on the site a while back, but we got a chance to play the expansion. Um... Uh, one, uh, Pip, do you want to explain Not Alone for the people in the audience? Uh, it is an asymmetric uh, kind of cooperative thing where one person is this beast bent on assimilating and hunting everybody else. And everybody else is trying to avoid being captured by playing place cards and hoping that that is not where the beast is choosing to hunt them. <laughs> uh, so that's the bare bones of it. But then obviously you get like strategic cards that let you do things with your deck, things that are in your hand. And uh, the beast is obviously sort of also drawing cards to sort of give them more options and validate some of the things that you can do and I think it's important to note that we won this one. Oh, it was delicious. But the uh, the wonderful weird thing about this being an isometric game is like you have a team of human players and anything you notice in this, like there was a point where you were saying, because it's a little deck building game where you play locations then you don't pick them up unless you can go to like the place that lets you sort of drink water and, and recover your strength. So Matt was, and Matt was going, oh, well, I, look, I'm basically defeated because I, I, I only have one card in my hand. When you only have one card, the beast can look at your discard pile and go, oh, well, you're going to go there. Matt went, well, Quinn's the beast is going to catch me. And I'm like, shh. I was like, there's no point because like, I can only go here and I have only have this card. So if I go there, he's just going to go there as well and catch me. And I don't actually think he overheard that entire exchange. No, but you're just there going. Like... But, but there's a lot go. of like, hey guys, if we all go to this location, that'd be really good. But anything you say gets overheard by the beast. Yeah. Which in the first time I played Not Alone led to this amazing thing of all the players going, hey everyone, let's definitely go to the beach. Let's all just go to the beach. Let's go to the beach. And then the beast is like, okay, shut up. Because <laughs> you're not going to the beach. <laughs> everyone went to the beach. It was awesome. <laughs> we had a beach party. Uh, yeah, it's, um, and then the art on it's really gorgeous. Um, yeah, it's a lovely little game. But here's the thing. We played the expansion at the expo, right? Um, these guys, uh, this was your first play. It was my first time to play it, yeah. You had a great time, right? Yeah, it was really enjoyable. Yeah. Um, I mean, we did have one guy playing with us who was just like, he was playing his own game, and he it was, was hilarious. He was amazing. There was a point where it was like, do you know how to play? <laughs> the, the guy down in the game was like, do you know how to play? And he's like, yes. Yeah, he was like, I know this game really well. I'm like, great guy. And then it gets to the point where he plays this card. He's like, play this card, aha. Like, everyone who got caught by the alien this round uh, doesn't get caught and gets their card back. And we're like, oh, who got caught this round? And it's just like, is it just you? <laughs> and he's like, yes. And it's like, but that works for like as many people who get caught. And he's like, yes. He's like, I really want this card. And we're like, okay, yeah, I can tell you. That was about the only words was, he said to us. It was quite whole. amazing. It was just like, this is a co-op game, you know? <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, so the weird piece of feedback I'd get for this is like people who might be excited about buying not a, uh, sorry, we were playing the expansion, but what the expansion does is take the 10 locations you can visit and it's 10 new locations and you can mix and match them. Uh, so rather than playing the original 10, you can play with the all new 10 locations um, that people can st run between. 
Um, or you can swap them so you have some from the old, some from the new. And keep them secret to begin with so you don't even know where you're going. Uh, yeah, and immediately I was like, it, you know why you guys had fun playing Not Alone? Because it's basically the same game. Yeah. And I was actually, I, they've got a second expansion coming out that I was psyched for, but just as a very quick piece of feedback on the on the podcast, I love Not Alone, which this is this new standalone edition expansion is great, but I might warn people off from buying both because it, it's basically the same game, whichever 10 locations you have. Uh, because to get technical to uh, balance like the ability to swap any location you can play with the number two from either set or the number four from either set they basically do the same thing with a tiny tweak so I was a little underwhelmed by this which is always uh, and us talking about games we're underwhelmed by is always the lowest point of a shut up and sit down podcast so maybe we can just move on let's move on to the high point of today for me it was when uh, Quinns went to Starbucks and ordered a coffee and they wrote his name on the cup as Quinky (laughs) Uh, which was uh, I mean so, I know that they're like oh look I wrote a name wrong on a cup it's kind of a done thing but Quinky is a uh... anyway it's like they did the heart over the eye which is like oh well you know Starbucks training. that's all that matters as long yeah. as you've got a little heart on the eye bang frothy foam so I'll be Quinky for the rest of the podcast pizza game New York Slice that's the one yeah. we played a game called New York Slice <laughs> It is a game about dividing up a pizza in the way that you do when you're trying to get kids to share. So one person divides it and then everybody else gets to pick the slice first. So the idea is that you wouldn't make one slice absolutely dreadful because otherwise you will end up with that slice at the very end. And We did say mobile phones. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that's rude. Not him, I mean me. I'm rude. <laughs> yeah, sorry, that was, that was rude. Just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, so the main thing about New York Slice that is, like, it was fun. We all enjoyed it. Um, it has the most arcane scoring mechanism of, like, what would you assume, like, again, about dividing pizza? It's like, oh, who gets the most pizza? Who gets, like, cool combinations? In the universe of New York Slice, what you really want is meat. You want all of the meat. Uh, you want to have the most of any one kind of pizza. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, I can have a load of pepperoni pizza, but I'll, if you have more, I'm just going to go home and throw it all at the wall. Like on real anger. life, yeah. You, like, like in real life, you, you know, if, you, if you're going to double down on Hawaiian pizza, then you just, like, you, you eat it all and you fight anyone who comes near you. So help me God, in this yeah. pizzeria, I will be known as the one who likes mushrooms. It Actually, I'm not joking. It really, I really felt a surge of genuine anger when we got to the rules, the explanation point, when I realised that um, the rule, every, for every anchovy slice on a slice of pizza, you lose a point. And I, I was like, nah, it really rubbed me up the wrong way. I care deeply about anchovies on pizza. It's, it did, like, I mean, I'm not, like, noisy about my, like, half-assed vegetarianism, but the fact that the, the slice of margarita pizza is worth, like, five points, and the vegetarian pizza, three points. Pepperoni good. Anchovies bad. I just thought this, Spinach, is, this is propaganda. Extremely weak. <laughs> this is propaganda. I will not stand. Yeah, it was. All, it was all right. It was quite good. I think we all. None of us it, were needed it to end, and none of us. It, it, <laughs> no, it was good. Um, it's one I've, of these games where it comes in a box that looks like a pizza box. We don't have any more photos of it than this, unfortunately. Um, and it's like the art wasn't quite great enough to make it pop and the ideas weren't it was kind of fun but I personally I know we kind of all disagreed on this I personally when we finished I was like ah, that's it's fine I kind of it was one of those things where it was such a cool idea such a cool box 
and the fact that the scorecard is almost like a, a little like oh it's, a, it's like it's an a, order pad an order pad yeah, I thought it's like, this could have been but they kind of like done something to make all the food look greasy by just applying some odd Photoshop filter and it was just really off putting to me but I am an ass about this <laughs> stuff so do ignore me uh, how do you feel Pip? I ate a lot of pizza because one of the things that you can do is you can say, do you know what? I'm not engaging in your ridiculous quest to be like the most, I don't know, Hawaiian pizza person here. So I was just eating everything that had pepperoni on because that gets you pepperoni victory points. And uh, that meant that I had a great time. Well, that's good. <laughs> it's the weird thing, though, that you can only eat pizza in the instant that you receive it. So it's actually a difficult... Tr it's a, that's, that's the cool mechanic of like... You're doing um, set collection, but then it's like, uh, oh, I maybe can't win this set, so I'm just going to eat everything. Although, actually, they have, like, um, the card that you can... I don't know if you can see, but they have, like, a, a special that factors in as something that you can either treat as a slice on its own or you can lump it in with some other bits. And that helps you maybe claw back some victory points. So you had the one that actually meant that the entirely anchovy slice was treated as a valid thing to collect. Oh, yeah. Which There's was a, nice. The best thing in the box is that there was one slice of pizza where they've done the art so that they're like, all the tomato sauce is kind of missing and all the cheese is missing and there are just three fish on it. And it's just like Satan's pizza slice. Like, <laughs> even I would agree that's not good pizza. Yeah. I just, the, um, the thing of like, uh, you have to eat the pizza when you get it or you can't. So it's like, in, in this, what is happening in this and universe? And only if it's got pepperoni. And only if it's got pepperoni. <laughs> so you come home and you look at all this pizza you've collected that's like in your bedside table and in your cupboard. You look at it and you can't eat it. You can't get rid of it. And you just throw it against the wall. I do really love as well the little game of it, like the whole thing of having to just be like splitting it off into four little portions and, and trying to be as confident as possible you can that the one you really want is like really unattractive and it never seemed to work you're like no one's gonna go oh, for I got that super into the strategy side of the slicing I'm just being weird I'll tell now. you what uh, there were not one not two but three games that made us uh, angry today yeah well uh, after we played the pizza game we went and had an actual pizza. That's yeah. Pip's pizza. On the, pizza on the slide for the people at home. Right, now let's move on to the new Vladivostok game. That's a question. Uh, it's not a question, it's a statement, but this is a question. <laughs> so, um, a few years back, uh, Vladivostok uh, of Czech Games Edition um, made a game called Codenames. And everyone went, why are you doing this? It's like a party game for losers. And we like Vlada games that have a million components and are about space. Um, and of course, Codenames took the world by storm. Uh, it's been the Czech Games Edition's biggest selling game. It's like uh, changed Vlada and that company's life. Um, and so now, no surprise, Vlada has done another uh, party game. Another party game. And this one is odd. You can see on the box here, it's, it's called That's a Question! Exclamation mark, which genuinely looks like a Photoshop joke. Even, I love it. It even, doesn't make any sense. Even the cover looks like just an incredibly weird placid thing. It's a squirrel on a blue sky and it looks um, tremendously dull. And then, because it's Vlada and because it's Czech games, you notice a couple of things. Yeah, you've got a snowman, or appears to be punching another snowman in the face. <laughs> and then you've got the squirrel is holding the blue pill and the red pill from the Matrix. <laughs> It it's has been, different coloured eyes as well to yeah. match the pills. It's been an interesting week for squirrels. <laughs> um, um, also, people can't see, but like, it, like Dixit, you've got this central board which shows a bunch of spaces that you can move your piece along as you get points. Um, and very, very, very small. So the squirrels are racing up this mountaintop. And we noticed that on the board, there's a tiny little piece of um, graffiti, like someone would scratch in with a penknife on one of the cliffs. 
that is a squirrel with a line through it, like, no squirrels squirrel. don't come up this mountain. <laughs> and it's way ominous. Um, so yeah, all those little touches that we like. But this game is... Uh, it's cheeky. It's, it's beyond cheeky. Yeah, so... This is, I love this game, right? These guys weren't so sure. I love this. Oh, no, I liked it. And it's because I'm like, <laughs> I, I mean, you'll, you'll understand okay, why so when we got through this. Okay, so Pip. Pip. Hello. As the person who liked this game the least, why don't you explain it? Um, okay, so you have a triangular piece oh, where you... Oh, sorry, I was trying to <laughs> trying to do that without derailing the podcast. Oh, well, how did that go? Uh, so you, <laughs> <laughs> you, have, you have a uh, triangular piece where on each of the three sides it has the start of a question, basically a, a would you rather or a which would you hate the most, you know, that kind what of thing. Would, and the third is what would you like what would you least like to disappear entirely from the world? Yes. Um, and you have in your hand five of these hexagonal cards and you arrange the... You point this at someone that you want to ask the question and you arrange two of your hexagons and then they have to choose between the options therein. So it's things like um, any branded fizzy pop was one of the um, which would you like to disappear from the world and package delivery is another. So the cards, are, yeah, the cards are like these rotatable things that each have three of the different types of question category on it and you just have to choose two. Mm -hmm. And it starts off, the, the most basic one is the kind of green grass, which is kind Kind of beautiful because it is so naive and it's like <laughs> oh which of these two things if they weren't in the world would Do you, you miss the most and yep. it is things like oh package delivery or washing machines or soft drinks now let's talk about the red side of the well, card well let's get there in a minute because, okay. the, because what I love about this game and why it's as genuinely like dangerous I think this is one of the most as a party game it's it's potentially really dangerous. Yeah, and we won't go into why, but after we walked away from this game, Pip and I actually had to have a discussion about something that was said during the game and be like, is this a thing? And, you know, like, make sure everything was cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was it about something I'd said? No, 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 no. It, was it was something I said. <laughs> okay, fine. So, uh, but then it was like, uh, the, the water ones are a bit more, and it's like, uh, which of these things would you rather choose? And these things are a little bit more whimsical. Is It's like, would you like to be a space captain? Would you like oh, to go me, through history? Can I give the example? Pip asked, Pip, because you point uh, the question at a particular player. And then to clarify, the actual game is, um, as the question asker, you get a point for every person around the table who guesses wrong, okay? Um, the, all the other people around the table need to guess correctly what the person who you ask the question of. So if we ask a question to Pip, everyone else needs to guess what Pip answers, and the question asker needs to ask something so difficult or so sly that they know about, like, Pip, that no one else around the table does, for example. So there is some real knack to it, and it did result in, like, if you ask the, a question and then everyone around the table gets it, as the question asker, you're like, God damn it! Like, I really, I got wound up. Um, well, there were some serious debates. Like, there's one was, like, uh, a superpower where you can see through other people's eyes. And yeah. you, were, you were immediately like, that's really invasive. Like, yeah. when you, like, you just completely didn't choose it. And we're like, oh, yes, And then, or on the lighter side, Pip uh, asked me, what would I rather be? The, wor <laughs> the world's best stage magician? Or, um, or would, I write, would I rather write a best-selling novel? The and world's best-selling novel. Oh, the world's best-selling yeah. novel. Yeah, which was like, it almost felt like the two sides of Quentin Smith. Like, do, you, do you want to be like the best-selling novelist in the world or the most famous magician? So I put down my answer, which is face down tile, and then Pip immediately goes, like, because she sees I was confident, and she's like, oh, shit. And she says, okay, because if you answered one of those things, that's really not cool with me. Because like, it turns out Pip hates magicians. 
And who wouldn't like to be a master illusionist? Oh. I knew straight away, I'm like, Quinns wants to be the world's best magician. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. No Hands question. down. We're so, only friends as long as he never achieves his ambitions. <laughs> <laughs> so the first level of questions, no worries, all simple, like, no problem. The, the second level, like, it gets a little bit interesting. Well, also, he got really judgy because it was like, oh, would you rather meet the first alien or would you rather have a pet dinosaur? Show of hands, right? <laughs> now (laughs) you will not let this go you offered Pip a pet dinosaur what do you expect to happen bear with me right I want to be okay look I'll let this go because we've got this to a room of 300 people so people have seen the movie E.T. right if you get a pet dinosaur what happens immediately he's an alien world governments get involved and they're going to confiscate your dinosaur probably (laughs) if you meet the world's first alien no one can take that away from you because you're just a member of history, right? Best case scenario, your dinosaur is getting taken away yeah. by the authorities. Think about this for even just a second. I just imagine you telling this to like a four-year-old child. <laughs> You've got to be realistic, son. But we're still not getting away from the point that I would have a pet dinosaur. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Oh, sorry about but not, yeah, but, not very very long. but not very long. We need to live in the now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway, so let's move on to the third this tier. This is the of thing. Questions. The third tier is when it gets dangerous because these are what would you consider generally worse? If someone, and then it's things like, some of these are kind of like. Well, no, because some of them are a little gentle. Yeah. Some, some of, them, of them are like, what's worse? Is it people who take two parking spaces or is it people who like uh, drive slowly in the overtaking lane? Or people who make cynical jokes during uh, romance movies, which is like kind of annoying, but it's not too bad. But then it's things like people who cheat on their taxes or people who steal from employers or lie on their resumes <laughs> or like cheat on their partners. And, and the worst and is that everyone has to. It's, it's like, it's not even just what you think you say is worse. Everyone else has to think like, well, what would, does Matt think that stealing from an employer is bad? I hope he doesn't. (laughs) Uh, Or does, rather. Um, But then like, when you reveal, it's like, because I was denied points if I got it wrong, then my instinct as a player is to be like, Matthew, why? Like, why is lying to your spouse better than whatever? You can, I mean, we were playing with two guys who we didn't know, and you can really, like, I was being really cruel. I was just giving this, the guy opposite me, and I go called Matt, I was just like, hey, like, what do you think's worse? And that's basically, like, it was like trying to get him to make a, a role-playing character of being like, hey, let's find out if this guy cares more about the law or morals. <laughs> and it is like, you can just drill down and really get a sense of people and put people in, in positions where you can find out exactly what sort of person they are, mm-hmm. which I think, as somebody who loves to just put people in uncomfortable positions and find out, just, who are you? Who are you? What do you care about? But I could already see as well, it was like, this is a bit... And I like that you, it's kind of like the sort of game where you could play it with family and friends as a kind of light party game. And you could just be like, you know, you might have that friend where you go, I'm not. You're going to be like, hey, what do you like, crisps or dinosaurs? <laughs> but then, like, all it takes What do you is... like, tax evasion or cheating on your spouse? <laughs> exactly. All, all it takes is, like, a trickster like me to do something like this. And then suddenly someone goes, well, I don't think tax evasion is that much of a problem. And everyone goes, what the... F- <laughs> I, I honestly think if, if you did this at the wrong sort of barbecue, you, it could end in a fight. I swear to... Yeah, I think you're correct. So, Pip, uh, Matt and I did quite enjoy ourselves, but you didn't, right? I really didn't. Okay. It's really not my No, but this is absolutely worth telling people. Um, I think also I kept ending up with... Um, 
card selections where there just wasn't a way out if I didn't want to ask an awful question. Like, I, I wanted to have more of the humorous options. Oh, it was, yeah, you found it was either sometimes your card meant, your cards meant that it was either cruel or boring, the yeah. question you asked? like, there wasn't a kind of a, a saving thing. Like, there was sometimes when people would say, oh, do you prefer chocolate or Christmas? And I was like, why don't I have those options? I mean... <laughs> why is it all of cheating? Course, if you have your own set, then nothing stops you from being like, you know, how people should play, like, Dixit and Tales of the Arabian Night where you're like, I actually don't like this. This isn't fun. Junk this hand of cards and draw a new hand of cards. Yeah. Um, it's the funniest. It's like when people tell me like, ah, uh, oh, yeah, I played Tales of the Arabian Nights and I was imprisoned and then uh, I got out and I was thrown in prison again and I'm like, it's not a real prison. <laughs> you can like be like, oh, you know, screw this. I mean, it feels crazy and subversive, but you get your board game. And as Matt always says, the police can't stop you. <laughs> they haven't. I mean, that's, that's all I say. They haven't. Uh, so also, I would, to be fair, um, when uh, they were demoing code names at this stage, they were still going through cards and being yeah. like, these cards don't actually work. Like, Czech Games really tested those cards, so we might have played with cards that were a little more boring. There were duplicates, there was odd stuff. Even some of the ones that were like on a kind of more serious scale were kind of funny, and they weren't all like super pointed. One of them was like, when people overfeed their pets and they get Ooh. fat. And again, it's the sort of thing though, where like, you'd be like, oh, what do you, do you think it's really bad when people overfeed their pets? And, but then like, you don't know, you might be playing with like, maybe your cousin's got a really fat cat. <laughs> And she thinks that's fine and that Tibby can have as much cake as he wants. Which, again, is, is okay until everyone around the table is like, well, obviously overfeeding pets is terrible. Yeah, and, and then it's like, like landmine! Yeah. <laughs> okay, we, we're, yeah. we're running short on time. We've got to blitz some games. Okay, let's go, let's go. So uh, uh, this is something we played this morning. Oh, okay. Uh, I think the next slide might be more exciting. I took a, I'm, just, I'm just showing you how big the character card is. Okay, so this is City of Kings. This is a Kickstarter game made in the UK. Holla! Um, <laughs> The, so, the character sheets are approximately the size of four human hands, just so you can, <laughs> That's what I just wanted to illustrate there. And it's a co-op, joint, adventuring, and worker placement game. And this was pretty cool. I, uh, we didn't, it, it's a huge box with a massive campaign, and we barely got to see much of it. Um, but you have an adventurer and a caravan. And uh, you can, you have four actions on your turn, and you can, yeah, you can run out and, and twat monsters. But also, you can spend your actions, like, rolling the caravan out. And then the caravan becomes something you have to protect, as it does. Does, like worker placement-y things. Um, it was cute. And, it was cute. And when you get XP, uh, everyone's XP is shared. So it's not just, oh, I leveled up. It's like, oh, we all leveled up because I did this thing. And then here's the cool thing. Um, you can level up any part of your character sheet, your movement or your caravans, your actions, your health. Um, and because of the limited action pool, it makes sense for one person to be like, oh, I've got nice caravans. And someone else is like, when I hit a monster, they explode. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you like, cool, I'm just going to like chop some wood down. You're like, all right, I'll see you later. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> But uh, the people uh, at home should uh, give City of Kings a Google if they like their big fantasy games because it has wonderful use of color, wonderful art design. Um, they've got their artist working full-time in-house now. Um, and uh, uh, he or she is doing a wonderful job. And it's a fantasy world that's a little bit sideways. It was a, a wonderful like, spread of bitty systems to push around uh, gently with friends on a kind of... Uh, I kind of felt like it's the sort of thing where like nothing about it really excited me. But oh, it's, there's but one it, thing that excited, I think, Pip and I. Oh, yeah. Well, the, the enemy stuff. Yeah. Yeah, monster generation. Oh, that's not what I was going to talk oh. about. I was talking about the, the supervillains you fight over the course of the campaign. The really big enemies aren't like... The orc. It's like a penguin, but oh, that has been cursed. Penguin <laughs> yeah, it was like mind controlled by a crown. Yeah, it's happens. awesome. Yeah, the four sure. big villains are like four animals that have just been like uh, cursed by dark magic. So it's like uh, an orangutan, but like 
bad, but... <laughs> Yeah, perfect. I've got to say, like, the law didn't blow me away. But the penguin, penguin the penguin with a sword and a bad crown, I like it. I'll buy it. Yeah. Um, and this was something we played um, last night, which was kind of like, felt like a bit of a fever dream for a short amount of time. Yeah, we were exhausted and we played it at, like, 10 p.m. Did you get a photo of the... Uh, the box? The phallic imagery uh, in this. I didn't. I didn't think I was going to put it in because I thought I could be like, oh, what's that? Basically, these... Um, <laughs> These are, for those people at home, they are basically like the, the, the X-Wing, sort of the X-Wing cardboard bits you put down the, the side where the, the ships go. The move templates. The move templates. Thanks, Pip. Um, <laughs> but they're like that, but mad and psychedelic. And we discovered that um, if you, they look a bit like a willy sometimes. <laughs> if you combine one of the straightforward ones with your starting base that kind of has two bulbous protrusions at the side. Mm -hmm. uh, we should also yeah. express this game has a name and it's called... Laser Riders. Laser Riders. Good one, Pip. Sorry. <laughs> Unfortunately, Laser we don't riders. have a oh, that's photo oh. of the box, which is undoubtedly oh. the best thing okay. about this so game. So this sounds like we're throwing shade when we say that the box is the best thing. but It's, it's only because it's so good. It's the best game box I have seen in uh, maybe I mean, years for sure. It looks like, because it's a... 1980s style game inspired by sort of like Tron, uh, whereby you're, you're racing these lasers around the board, and it's like X-Wing, but you leave the move templates behind. So as you fly and you race around trying to fly over these laser prisms uh, to turn them your color to get uh, victory points, um, then you, uh, you leave your templates, and those are impassable walls for other people. So, uh, yeah, it's like Tron light bikes, if you've seen that. But the box looks like four VHS tapes in a collection, like a quadrilogy. Mm. Um, and each of the VHS tapes, if you turn it sideways, it's like the name of the four characters. And because it doesn't have a board, it's just the laser templates. Um, you play with like, you know, uh, the, what were you, a laser shark. Yeah. And then you pull out that VHS tape and all that player's components are in that VHS tape. Um, and then there's uh, all the, see, this is what I love. You know when we're on something good, when you say something and the whole crowd starts whispering. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, what we, there was like um, the, the robot police. There were, <laughs> I'm trying to remember the characters. Well, names. you were a cosmonaut, a skeleton in a cosmonaut suit. Yeah, like the idea you were just this cosmonaut? phantom cosmonaut flying yeah. around through space. Um, um, the, the game wasn't necessarily for us, um, but uh, honest, but the presentation and some of the, the, the craftsmanship in creating the box was for us. Like, like the faux aging on the edges of the VHS Oh, yeah, it's so good. This stuff. is by Greater Than Games, and it's Laser Riders, if you do want to take a look at the world's best box. But I, I think we all enjoyed another slightly futuristic-looking game. This is one of our recommendations from the con as well. This is number nine. Yeah. Number, and, number, number ooh, nine. Uh, if silence my number's falls number nine, pick it up. Pick it up, pick it up. Let's go. <laughs> do you have anything else you'd like to add to that little bit? Can I hide under the table? <laughs> Just uh, for 40 minutes. Okay, you so... You could try kissing your way out. <laughs> There's so, a lot of people here. <laughs> I think if they want to stop me... Cracking. If they want to stop me from getting in the, out of the room and I have to kiss my way out, I think I'm going to be having a... Great time. I got some chapstick in the in the <laughs> I'm gonna need it. <laughs> okay. So number nine is a game from Zedman, I think, and it is coming out in a few weeks, I wanna say. And it looks very underwhelming. It looks like a pile of numbers because it is. It is the numbers zero through nine, um, done in squares. So you've got a sort of Kind of like a, uh, you'd like the, the view on a calculator almost, but more complicated. So you've got a, a very boxy zero, you've got a boxy eight, you've got boxy six, um, and players are taking, oh God, this sounds so boring, but this was honestly one of the best games we've played at the con. Um, 
uh, and everyone else we've been talking to has been saying the same thing. Uh, do you want to go? Yeah, there's a, like, a little stack of, um, well, a bunch of little stacks of different numbers that go from zero up to nine, and they're all kind of funky shapes, but obviously shapes that are similar to numbers, which are shapes. Are you all following? There's a, I want to say this is exactly what I said. <laughs> Was it? Do you want to hide under the... Or just start kissing people again? <sighs> Don't stop me. But it, it, was, it was basically like um, a lot of these... I've been playing a lot of this. We played Bear Park yesterday. For those of you, you know, we recorded the pod, podcast yesterday. Bear oh, Park. It's called Baron Park, I think. Yeah, I can't call it Bear Park. It's got bears. It's yeah. uh, <laughs> I make my own names up for games. It's cool. Um, and that was really fun and similar, but it was much like less difficulty with it because you could flip things over so it was always like oh no it doesn't fit but flip it over oh it fits now this is fine well this was relentless yeah. and because you had to build up this you, you didn't get any points for things on the base layer you haven't we okay so the point of this game is that um, you draw cards off the top of the deck so everyone has to place a number okay so everyone has to put down a number one then you draw a card oh everyone has to put down the number six you're fitting these together in a grid with the purpose of building upwards so when you get another number you can place it on top of your stack and you can only do that if there are no holes underneath it Okay, and the reason you're doing this is because at the end of the game you get a number of points equal to the numbers on your oh my god on the your building on the above the base level multiplied by their level. So if you've got something on the first story that is worth that many points. Any if you have like a number nine on the fourth story that's nine times four, which is thirty six. Yes. <laughs> Um, but it's uh, an astonishing nightmare because maybe you, you build your little sort of pyramid and then it's like a number five and you're like, oh, I could put a five on top of my pyramid. And yeah. then you're wondering when the bigger numbers will come out and then you're trying to fit shapes and they don't fit and God damn it, you did. It's really good. You got really competitive at this and you were really good at it as it's well. It's literally Quinn's game. <laughs> I've been <laughs> playing Shut Up and Sit Down for six years looking for my game and this might be it. It's so mm. clever and so simple um, but it made me feel like my head was full of wasps. Oh yeah, you said you were going to explain something on the podcast. And I guess this is why I tried to explain it and you're like, Matt, you're not even explaining how the game works because there's something about it that just makes me go, like a broken well, robot. what happened? In the, during the second game, um, you uh, you had a breakdown. You, you walked away from the table for like 10 seconds, then came yeah, back, and I was yeah. like, what's up? And you said, I'll explain during the podcast. Yeah, um, basically, I had a breakdown. Um, <laughs> something about this, this specific type of game where you just have to like twist the thing around and go, where will this fit? Where will this fit? And the same thing happened with Bear Park yesterday. It was just to a lesser degree. I didn't actually physically walk away from the table. But there's a part of me where I go, no, 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 no. I flip it over and go, no, you're not allowed to flip it over. No, 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 no. And whilst I'm like simultaneously having a lot of fun and thinking this is a great design of game, this is really clever, really enjoying the challenge of this, there's also a, a part of my brain which is just going, ah! <laughs> there is something which we, there's a feeling which doesn't have a name, but where when you have a shape that is like the shape of a six, and you've got a very complicated pile of numbers that's like a little building, and all you're trying to do is figure out where the six might fit. And that has a feeling of being a toddler trying to insert a yeah. square peg into a round hole. <laughs> and eventually, like very quickly, your brain starts going, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> just yeah. put the thing down. But of course, you have, you're playing to the rules of the game. So yeah, it's, it's you just can't what, put the thing down. It starts off as excitement. And then, and then suddenly, it's just this like, very loud, consistent screaming in your head. <laughs> uh, and then you just sort of sometimes think, yeah, I can't, I can't do this. I need to just walk away from the table, have a little breath, and then come back and enjoy it. What did you it's think? really good, though. Yeah, what did you think, Pip? Because I don't think you I had the... I loved it. Yeah, it was good. I but really I loved, loved it. I don't think you... You would just find it quite soothing, didn't you? Yeah. I love <sighs> stuff like this. I love just like fitting things together. 
together and having a nice time. But this is the I thing. would have played it on my own. But it's not like <laughs> Tetris, whereby... Oh, and it has a solo mode. I can totally see playing this by yourself. Um, but it's not like when Tetris. No one else will play it with me anymore because I've abused all of their goodwill. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, no! no it's, but unlike Tetris, where you get, a, a, you, know, you get the long, thin piece and it goes in the hole and you go, hmm. Oh, she... <laughs> Uh, let's keep talking about number nine. It's, uh, it's been such a long convention. This is such a hot room. <laughs> I really am going to have to kiss my way out of here. Uh, but the thing is, is that it's, it's kind of unsolvable. Obviously, you have zeros which have a hole in the middle and can never be filled. I think that's why it drove me insane, actually, was the fact that, like, at least with Bear Park, it was frustrating, but then you got the kind of, ah, it's all clean, it's all neat. Whereas yeah. with this, you had to accept that it was going to have holes in it and just keep building and just be like, okay, this is a mess, but we work with the mess. Whereas I was, like, trying to make it neat, and it's just impossible. So, yeah. Lovely, lovely Should stuff. we whip on something else? Oh, this next game was funny. A turbo shout-out for this one. <laughs> so, oh, this, this was, like... The yeah. worst time for my competitive urges to kick in. Yeah, we played a game called Four Elements, which is a, a small dexterity game with lots of little like perspex pieces. It's made by a chap in Britain who just basically makes them all himself with laser printing. Yeah, it's lovely. So um, it's absolutely worth a Google if you want to see uh, just how crazy looking uh, dexterity games can be. You pick one of the four elements. You've got a whole load of plastic pieces. So if you're like wind, you've got your sort of like flicking cloud discs, but also like curly clouds that actually tessellate together to make like impassable like barbed wire fences of plastic. And we um, found out afterwards there's no rules about it being flat either. You can, with any of these things, you can turn them on the side and make little contraptions to try and make walls and barriers. The purpose of the game being that everyone has a kind of heart to their element, which is a circle disc that you do your best to protect with about like a kilogram of plastic around it. Um, but then people just flick uh, all of their little smaller pieces of plastic with the aim of knocking their, um, the, the opponent's heart off the table. It's a, so it's exactly the same structure as Cube Quest, um, although Cube Quest. We'd recommend that to anyone. It's one of the best drunk games ever. Um, I don't know why that's people laugh. That's a very important genre. But Quinn's got very competitive at this game whilst we were playing myself, Bip, Quinn's... Uh, it demo. was my greatest opponent. And a boy. Uh, quite a young my boy. My nemesis. <laughs> quite a young boy who turned up and said, I'm going to play with the new expansion piece, which is a god piece, and plonk down these two chunks of gigantic plastic in the center of the table. And like, instead of having a little army of little bits, he just had one big bit. It was like, it was, it was, and no, don't, don't ah him, right? No. Because was, this, this kid was like, so first off, this, this piece of yellow plastic in the middle was made of some kind of different plastic or something, because you flick one of the discs at it, and I swear to God, I've never seen anything like it in a dexterity game. The disc bounces off, pings off the map, and you've lost that piece. <laughs> yeah, like, it, it, it was just, we were kind of, at one point, we thought, all right, we'll just barrage it one by one, flicking things at it, nudging it very closely to the edge of the table, because, you know, when something goes slightly over the edge of the table, it's dead. And after like four turns of like, it's almost near the end of the table, he then just flicks it once and it's just completely on the other side. It's like, we, we are, it was like in a sci-fi film, it was like the start of Battlestar Galactica It was the ball it's like, we need to, Yeah, we need to just run. Like. Which is the, the funniest thing as well. It's like usually, like there's a, there's a joke that game publishers should let like, oh, if you're demoing your game, let people win, right? Um, because they feel better about themselves. Um, and so, but this boy is like demolishing us. It's like Galactus showed up. It's like, this is four elements. Also, I will be playing God. <laughs> but then as the kid was demolishing us and, I, and I'm like genuinely getting annoyed and like, how can we beat this? Come on, this is a puzzle. The kid starts going, I swear I've seen you guys from somewhere. <laughs> 
Yeah, and, and we're like, I oh, probably have. You had a point after I'd been knocked out of the game and Pip had been knocked out of the game. You just turned and said, "I swear this is not a good time for my competitive streak to knock in." <laughs> it's just like there's no way you can beat this. Yeah, I really was flicking pieces of plastic so hard, like fingernail breakingly hard, going, "Come on!" <laughs> and then this boy is like, "Oh yeah." You, you also started querying the definition of flicking. Oh no, that was that yeah, yeah, was no. He no, did, he no, did no, cheat. Pin, he did pin, cheat. Pin. We should we should point out that the only weakness of this gigantic piece is it is two pieces interlocked together so the only way you can really stop it is by managing to knock it just enough that they kind of I looked at the piece afterwards it's like got hooks such that you can't pull it apart with not that I was like fixating on this (laughs) (laughs) it's got hooks so that if you hit it from any angle it wouldn't because it's two hooks you'd have to lift it vertically Uh, yeah anyway that's four elements God wins again that's four elements um this was something you played. It had oh, this food. was great. <laughs> I forgot we played this. Um, this rush? is the last set of slides. Oh, this is the last one. Okay, so. right. We'll we'll wrap this up and then we've got a fun question and then uh, and we're done. And we'll release you from uh, from this room, which feels like it's like you're inside someone's underwear. <laughs> it's like <laughs> and uh, not in a nice way. Pip. Um, <laughs> no, I'm standing by that. Kiss I'm your sta- way out of this one, <laughs> Matthew. You should know me better. Uh, Pip, Kitchen Rush. Yes. Oh, ah, mm. <clears throat> so, <laughs> Kitchen Rush is essentially, have you played the uh, video game Overcooked, anybody? Okay, cool. So some of you will have a basic idea, but essentially you are running a kitchen as a team cooperatively. You have little timers that you can place on various areas. So you place them on the waiter section so you can pick up an order. You place them on ovens to cook things. You place them on pantries to pick up produce that you can make into the dish. Um, And obviously everyone is reaching across each other all of the time. They've got limited resources. You're shouting at people people to, you know, for the love of God, would you just buy some chilies? Oh, dude, this is the best thing because it's one of those examples of board games where when you simulate something in enough detail, it gets really weird. Like, Suburbia is a great example of this. Like, unintentionally funny themes because just when you, like, any shortcuts you take in your board game design, when it's as granular as this, get just really funny. Like, if you play any game that's about the police, like, just, it's, we've, we wrote a piece on this, right? Police themes are the best because the police always look insane and unprofessional in them, yeah. to the point that you're playing Reno 911. It's like, oh, there's a criminal here. Oh, I killed him, and uh, quick. Oh, no, paperwork, shit. Uh, anyway, but, the, um, uh, but this game, like, you, when you put down a sand timer, you're doing that action, and you can do it for as long as you want. But that sand timer can't be picked up till the sand runs out. So you'll run into a storeroom to pick up the, the ingredients you need, like a little wooden piece of meat and a wooden uh, carrot or whatever. But then there's no meat. So from inside the storeroom, you have like a meltdown and go, someone get some carrots in here! <laughs> uh, and then someone will run to the shops, run back in, put a carrot in the storeroom. You take it out of their hand, then you leave the storeroom. <laughs> what else? God, there, there were a load of funny things. Oh, yeah, God. The payment. The payment. <laughs> yeah, so you get paid at the end of the day, I guess, when you cash out the till. But if you use the maitre d' action, which welcomes more people into the restaurant, people tip the maitre d' because this is a classy joint. So what you'll have is someone will be cooking and then they'll realize there's no salt. You've run out of salt in your kitchen. So you need to buy salt, but there's no money. So someone has to go out front like, like a thief and just be the maitre d' for a second, get like a tenner. <laughs> Go back, put that in the storeroom. Someone else takes that money, runs out, buys some salt. (laughs) Oh, it was so funny. 
But good. good. I just remember you guys coming out afterwards and being like, oh, it's it's really, it's we really look like stressful. we've been through a war. You were yeah. like, oh, it's so stressful. I'm like, what happened? You'd be like, people's like, I, I made the lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> the lasagna was really traumatic. I mean, I've, I've made some traumatic lasagnas as well. <laughs> I mean, like, I learned the hard way that you're supposed to cook pasta before you put it in with cheese sauce. Otherwise, oh, you have that. to, like, manually oh. flick all of the cheese sauce back into a pan. I'll tell you what, though. The most dispiriting thing was after we'd completed the first round, we'd totted up all of our earnings, and then someone reminded us that we needed to pay everybody who'd worked in the kitchen. And so all of the money except for two coins <laughs> went back out. We were like... Oh. There was a point where you can buy upgrades with your money, uh, which is difficult because you have a limited number of like nights in the restaurant to make a certain profit. And then uh, because it was because upgrading the kitchen isn't something you do between rounds. It's something you do at work. Oh, God. One example being like when the game started, there were three storerooms, all of which had food, one of which had a lock. And getting like and unlocking that storeroom was an upgrade. So it's like we'd all moved into this restaurant and there was like a sealed chamber full of like <laughs> pasta. And we're like, oh, they, they didn't sell us this room. And then we had to pay to get the lock. No home. one knows what lies within the vault. I was, we were joking oh, it's, that... it's fish fingers. <laughs> we were joking that um, like, it, the money would realistically be like a locksmith or buying a fire axe or something. Yeah. So it's like you're turning up the music louder in the restaurant so no one can hear you axing the door down. But there was a point, because you do all the upgrading in the heat of the moment. Um, someone went to the upgrade space and used it. To, to buy one of the upgrades, which was an additional sand timer, which is an additional worker who you have to pay at the end. So I'm like, look, I look up from my risotto and it's like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> we can't afford to pay him. <laughs> oh, it's fine. He'll go be the maitre d' all day and get like money from everyone. <laughs> Oh, I was so traumatized when I was making the lasagna, though, because I got halfway through, and then I hadn't read the whole card when I picked it up, and it was suddenly like, and a side dish. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, properly just lost it at that point. Yeah. I was like, get me some chives! <laughs> it's the, uh, it's the, the funny thing being like, it's got text at the top of every card listing what that dish is, and I don't think there are any duplicates. So it's like, if you imagine like soldiers after a war talking about like kills they've made, it's like we'd finish a round and we'd all take, take, take five and then be like, oh, so, so what did you make? <laughs> and then they'd look at their card and be like, oh, I made uh, like a lamb. And you're like, whoa. That's that's it's just, you're in a fugue state during the entire cooking and then you sort of look Heavy around. Businessman, yeah, I was in there for a couple of months. Uh, prawn linguine. <laughs> Sounds rough. Yeah. Had to cook it three times. Three times. <laughs> really creamy business. That was... Uh, <laughs> you were in hot water. It's a family podcast. Oh, I didn't... Went over my head. Uh, <laughs> woo! <laughs> We have a few minutes. Um, so what I'm going to suggest is that we do the feature that Paul sent us. Mm. Um, well, you find that I'd just like to briefly say something wonderful. Um, I, I do love coming to board game conventions. They can be a bit frazzly, and already now I'm hot and I've lost my mind, and it's only been two days. Uh, but it's lovely sitting around and just being surrounded by people playing games and laughing and having fun. But I love particularly this year the fact that the hotel we're staying in, the Hilton across the way, is also hosting the Women's Freemason Society. <laughs> So it's this, this wonderful, wonderful thing. Basically, the hotel is full of 
elderly ladies this evening in their best do. They're all dressed up wonderfully. They have amazing jackets. I am going to ask where they get all of them. But all since I arrived yesterday, all I've seen is just lots of lovely little old ladies walking around, uh, being surrounded by lots of nerds, being wonderfully polite to them. Do you know and what? I was like, though? this is awesome. I reckon approx half of those ladies are here for the X-wing tournament. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, we saw They're some women... and dressing some, yeah. up. I mean, why wouldn't you? It's, like, the final tomorrow, right? Yeah. This is the thing. Like, we when, when we ran um, Netrunner tournaments, um, my f- or, or, or went to them, there, there were a few people in the Netrunner community who don't like, you know, the joke of, like, oh, the Magic the Gathering player with the butt crack hanging out. So we would, uh, we would dress, like, really, like, in the best clothes we had. We would really try and look stylish just to kind of change the hobby a little bit because it was... Because tournaments are, like, the coalface of that. And then, oh, snap, where was I going with this? It, oh, yeah, no, just because the, the idea of, like, if you imagine showing up to a tournament of X-Wing and people are in, like, yeah. tux and evening gowns. Like, it's at- a wonderful psych-out. Like, you're there, you're getting your dice ready, you're getting your pieces ready, you're, getting, you're lining up all your cardboard bits, and then you look up, and Gladys is there wearing sequins. Yeah. And you're just like... Oh man. <laughs> the thing is, you would totally angle yourself so that your diamante necklace was totally in their eyes. You're just like, and it probably doubles up as a laser pointer. It's like, I think you'll find that's slightly out of art. <laughs> it's gorgeous Sorry. and tactical. So, oh, yeah. we're running just a tiny, we're gonna, uh, yeah, let's not run late, but let's definitely end with uh, a feature that might work. So, Paul writes. Um, Paul's podcast question challenge. Yeah, Paul was gutted he couldn't be here. He couldn't leave Canada because they wouldn't let him back in because he's doing visa stuff at the moment. He did actually do a little fun video for us, which we were supposed to play, but it both didn't work on the laptop. And yeah, it was awful. But just know that he cares. (laughs) And it's my fault that you didn't get to feel that. (laughs) So Paul has a question, and we'll see if anyone in the audience feels like answering this. He says, hello, we're always taking questions from our audience during live podcasts, ruthlessly demanding as they are but we rarely get the chance to ask them anything back. It's a dynamic I'm uncomfortable with, so today I'd like to exercise my return serve and throw this question out to the crowd. Is there anyone here who met a significant other, current or past, playing a board game? If so, what game was it? And, uh, oh, there's a few, there's a few <laughs> hands up. Um, ooh, would you, yeah, uh, oh, yeah, no, great. If we can get the mic rolling, that would be awesome. Um, oh, that's just great. To the, 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 there's a person of uh, like five rows back, that would be great, if yes. Just to, yeah, you can use your initiative. I don't, I don't know how I would pick someone out of the crowd. Hello there. Uh, what's it, does it work? There you go. Okay, good. Hello there. What's your name and where My are you from? My name's Mark and I'm from the West Midlands. Mark from the West Midlands. Woo! Woo! Mark, you know how it's did... not exciting. <laughs> you've seen it. We can't psych You're you out. Not okay. with that attitude. <laughs> Mark, what board game were um, you playing when you met a partner? It's slightly cheating because it was a first date. Oh, that's okay. We didn't know each other, but Galaxy Trucker. Oh, Galaxy Trucker. That's a good first date thing. I got a drunk, so I won. <laughs> got a drunk, so you'd win. Uh, did uh, that relate? Is that relationship still? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sounds, Why wouldn't it be? He sounds surprised. Uh, <laughs> there is a second part to this question, streaker, though. I'm afraid. Her winning streak at Love Letter is about ten nil now. Ten so, nil yeah. at Love Letter. Love Letter, not in the Board Game Geek Top 100, as we found out. Hmm. Oh no, is it? What's the What's the follow up? Oh, the follow up uh, to Paul's question is. Yes. So sorry, I've ambushed you here because Paul has a follow up, which is. What was it about the game, Galaxy Chopper, that caused your love juices to flow? (laughs) 
You don't have to answer this, but there are 300 people here who'd really like, well, 302, who'd really like to know your answer. You know those purple aliens? Ooh. I know what you're talking about. They're the, ones that, they, boost, they're the they? ones that boost your weapon strength. Oh, they're not wild. Because yeah. I know some aliens <laughs> are wild. Talk to us about purple aliens, Mark. Well, if you put your purple aliens and then you have all of the correct lasers. Keep talking. You sail through the asteroid field and oh, you can yeah. laugh as your prospective partner gets smashed up by asteroids. Wait. And then... <laughs> uh, when you come round the other side of the Stop, table, stop. <laughs> <laughs> Round of applause for Mark, everybody. <laughs> this is fun. Let's see if we can just squeak it. How are we doing for... Yeah, we got this room till nine. Let's do a couple more of these. What's your prospective partner getting smashed oh. up by asteroids? That's a form of dogging I'm not familiar with. <laughs> I bet it is a search term on RedTube, though. Probably, yes. Uh, yes, please. Uh, hello there. Hey. Hello! Uh, what's your name? Where are you from? I am Jess and I'm from Birmingham. Hello, Jess from Birmingham. Woo! Uh, Jess, what board, what, what, what's your story? Where, how did you meet your partner playing a board game? So, I met John, who is here. Hello, John. Oh, but you're sat oh. five chair widths apart. <laughs> Is are you still together? The interim are friends, so we, we are still here together. Yeah, it's your friends oh, who'll, nice. who'll help put, keep you away from danger. I can <laughs> I understand. What was the board game? So we met at our university tabletop society, um, and the game that I would say probably was the point where we were starting to be maybe more than friends was Five Tribes. Ooh, Five Tribes, of course, has perhaps the most phallic components <laughs> in any board game. It does, yeah. Uh, so what, what was it about Five Tribes that got your love juices? <laughs> it's somehow less okay when you're not reading it off. how Paul wrote it off the phone. <laughs> That's just you asking that question, which is frankly inappropriate. Uh, but let's roll. Um, so we actually played and John beat me. John had an undefeated streak at this point. Um, and I was about three points behind, and John was so shocked that someone was so close to beating him. Oh! Um, I have a stubborn streak, so this then turned into I must destroy you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we had a couple more games where it became almost the whole society crowding round to like cheer me on because everyone <laughs> wanted to see John defeated. Oh my god, really? <laughs> um, I eventually beat him in a, in a 1v1 game, and I don't think he's beaten me since. Oh. <laughs> We, I, mu we must combine forces to destroy John. <laughs> it's, uh, it's I don't think we are going to get a sweeter end to the podcast than this. Thank you so much. That was great. Thank you. Um, so, thank you all very much for listening to the podcast. Uh, uh, I, sorry, that, that was in default podcast mode. But of course, thank you all very much for being here yes. and queuing and sitting in the world's hottest room. <laughs> we are going to be around for like 10 minutes uh, because we need to eat. But... If you would like to hang out with us or just talk to us, sign things, meet and greet, all that good stuff, we're going to be at the Leisure Games booth in the Expo Hall from 11 a.m. tomorrow. They're going to have a table for us. We're going to be hungover. It's going to be great. You'll see, uh, You'll see our worst moments. And you would have thought you'd see it today, but <laughs> it gets worse than this. It does. <laughs> Great! I'm gonna kiss my way out of the room. Uh, no, you're not. Not for another ten minutes. You're not right because we got things to sign. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, we'll all. hang around if you want to say hi. We we would stay around longer, but we just it's actually a late slot and we get really hungry. And the room is so hot. The amount of people fanning themselves like sort of ladies in a southern uh, a southern romantic film. 
We should keep going and see how hot this gets. <laughs> Flip the page. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you all so much. Very much. Round of applause for yourselves, everybody.